The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am not Peyton Russell, our dear producer. I'm Bobby Belts, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. And he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian Broaddus, we have Dallas Cowboys football underway. How are you? How are you feeling uh, after this 40 to nothing beatdown of the Giants on Sunday night football? You know, I tell you what, what a great start to the season. You couldn't have, uh, you couldn't have scripted it any better uh, for the Dallas Cowboys to go on the road against a division opponent and come out of there with a convincing victory. Offense didn't have to play a big role in what was going on uh, with the victory. You kind of found a way those first 16 points you got in the game. That was probably enough to win it right there, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those things as a, a front office guy or former front office guy, you get a nice victory. Uh, it's on the road. Like I mentioned, a division opponent, the health of your team looks like you came out of it. Okay. So you have to really be happy uh, with the way that everything kind of played out to, uh, for this uh, for this particular opening day. Yeah, I mean, the only uh, injury we seemed to see was, uh, you know, Chume Doga got hit in the eye or something yeah. and had to come off the field for a few plays, but he was right back out there. And so he seems to be good to go. But yeah, Brian, this was one that, you know, uh, I can't say from start to finish it was dominant because, man, the first six plays or so, it felt like the Giants were going to be able to run the ball right yeah. down your throat all day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, from the very start, they, you know, they, they were having trouble throwing the ball. Um, you know, even in the instances of Daniel Jones scrambling on you twice on that opening drive for some big runs, it was because he couldn't get to what he wanted to get to in, in the passing game. And so you, from the very start, shut down the passing game. And, man, after that missed field goal, after that block from Wanye Thomas, who also had a nice run stop on that drive, one of the few good run stops you had, mm-hmm on that drive. Uh, Wanye Thomas gets the block. Then he gives a block on the run back for Noah Igbenogany. And from there, it was just smooth sailing. One of the most dominant defensive performances I've seen from the Cowboys in, you know, the the last several, you know, pro- probably 20 years. It, it was a, an absolutely dominant performance. Um, but Brian, short memory. Your- Are you going to short memory Minnesota Vikings last year? Uh, I think that uh, on a defensive front, I thought this was more dominant. 
I felt like I felt yeah okay I see what you're doing there. I thought I thought as a team you played better against the Vikings because the offense was they, on they, fire that they day. had a couple of games last year I felt like where they beat people up and here I am going after you in week one but uh, you know it, no it's that funny. that's not my intent. They beat up on the Indianapolis Colts pretty well too yes, was did, another one. So Minnesota the Colts couple of like really kind of beat you up games uh, for this uh, for this football team but. To your point, you're, I, I think you're right. When you look at overall dominance, but you're right, too. It didn't start that way. It, it really appeared that the Cowboys were going to struggle to deal with uh, with the, the, the Giants running game. When, in you know, yeah. Saquon Barkley, you know, if you go through the series, he starts off with a five-yard run. Daniel Jones with an eight-yard run. They get 15 more tacked on that on an, uh, you know, an unnecessary roughness penalty, which – it kind of felt like, okay, what are the things that the Cowboys need to clean up to be an elite defense? It's those penalties where it's hands to the face, uh, roughing, uh, you know, illegal contact, all those types of things that were to give uh, opponents a better field position or more field position. So you have an eight-yard run, a 15-yard penalty, uh, then Barkley with like a nine-yard run, a five-yard run. Uh, you know, they, they get a six-yard run. Daniel Jones with another 12-yard run. It – it did not appear that the Cowboys uh, in that first initial drive by the Giants was ready to play defensive football. You know, it, no. I, was, I was expecting, I'm going, okay, somebody could step up here, Tank. Some up, step up, Micah. Somebody step up and make a stop here and kind of like, and, and turn things back. And they really, really didn't turn these things back. It, and it goes to, you know, you get, you're in a, you know, you're second and 10 down there, and Daniel Jones runs for eight yards. So now it's a third and two. Okay, this is where the football god said, enough, enough for you Dallas Cowboys. Because Thomas gets the illegal motion penalty, false start penalty. Now instead of being third and two, it's third and seven. And then you get the aborted snap which takes him back 14 more yards. And which, now, by the way, that, that false start only happens because Micah Parsons is the player. That exactly, exactly. Micah Parsons is standing there ready to scream off the edge on a third and seven. And that's why. And so you get uh, John Michael Smith rolls the ball back. Jones has to hustle back, cover it up, 14-yard loss. Now, okay, you've... you've avoided really disaster here you've 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 stopped the the bleeding and here you go and bones fossil what does he do and i and i'm going to say this bobby i do believe this they saw something in bredersen you know they saw something in how he lined up at that tackle spot he's the guard who had a lot of problems in this game but they found something, I don't know if it was during the regular season last year with him playing tackle, or maybe something that they saw in the preseason where they were trying to, where he, but you watched his stance, and he got, the, his feet were extremely wide, he went forward, and that created a natural gap between his right foot and the wing to his side. And I, I kind of feel like that, that they knew that this potentially could happen, that that was going to be a weak point for this field goal protection unit for the Giants. Uh, 
And for Wanye Thomas to jump through that gap as cleanly as he did, it's like they knew, okay, this is we're going to give it a go here. We're going to try something here. Yeah. Because he, he got home clean. I mean, he the nice little jump, a little burst, and then a block. And then if you look on the other side, if you look on the other side, Iggy's on the other side waiting for the football. You know, he's waiting on the ball on the other side. You know, yeah. it's like they're, it's kind of like they've practiced a block and then a scoop and score on the other side. You know, there's not yeah. – usually you get a rush and a rush and, you know, people trying to get there. But it's like they expected a block a, and then a, a waiter to kind of get the ball and then go in. It, it was – it was so well executed, and I guarantee you it was something that they probably saw as a weak spot of the, the, the New York football giants there and took great advantage of it. But I'll say this, okay, Giants down 6 nothing. Giants, instead of coming back and trying to run the football, what do they yeah. do? They throw the ball three straight times, three straight times that they try, and – you know, they get pressure. Fowler gets pressure on first down. They get a they get a, a pass breakup by Wanye Thomas on third down, or excuse me, on second down, trying to, to go to the to the big tight end. Right in the hip pocket of Darren Waller on that. Right play. in the hip pocket of Darren Waller, knocks the ball down. Now we're looking at third and ten. And then you get the Micah Parsons sack. That's it. Ball game. You know, then yeah, you know over. that was over. It was over right then and there because all of a sudden, though. Dallas gets the ball, they drive down, they get the field goal for 21 yards, and it's 9-0. You're like, okay. But the Giants just, instead of trying to establish the run like they did in the first series, they continue to throw the football. And if you're a Giants fan, you're probably going, wait a minute, we lost the game maybe on that second drive when we, instead of trying to come back and, and create doubt and maybe wear the Cowboys down, throw the ball three straight times. I don't think teams are going to play the Cowboys like the, the football Giants just played them anymore. They're, I think teams are going to be more committed to staying with the run. Yeah, I, I really do. I don't. There's no way that you can convince me that beating the Dallas Cowboys by throwing the football is the best way to go. Until yeah. they until they show me that they can completely choke the run, and there were some times where they choked that run, but the Giants. The first series of the game created some doubt. Then you get the motion penalty, you get the poor snap, the block field goal, and then the three and out the following the following what, drive. What looked different? Because you're right, they they did settle down a little bit in their their run fits and everything else the rest of the way. And and you they know, were they were not the they were catching blocks, man. Because that's the thing. Like yeah. I, I remember specifically on that opening series, I remember there's one time, and I can't remember if it was the guard or Schmitz, but somebody just blew Chauncey Golston out of the gap yeah. on one of those plays. There was another one where Damone Clark, it looked like just had the completely wrong run fit. Right. He, he went in the completely wrong gap and Barkley just, okay, I'll run right by it. Right. What, what changed? Did they get more disciplined or, or did New York just stop? Ex- 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Executing. I think New York, the, fir- the first drive of the game, they they were coming off the ball, and they were, they were establishing the line of scrimmage. From the point on of the second series, Dallas was playing on the Giants' side of the line of scrimmage. The entire that from from after that first drive because the Giants were coming off there were the double teams some of the single block stuff linebackers were getting caught up you know safety everybody was kind of trying to you know do their jobs but the Giants did a really good job of playing with some leverage getting some movement getting their pad level down getting underneath and getting some push and you you saw I mean they were getting like I, I read you the numbers. You know, and then the Daniel Jones running mixed in. Daniel Jones running for, uh, you know, for uh, for eight yards, for twelve yards, for eight yards. You know, we we talked about this going into this game. What's the one thing you you worry about the Giants? It's well, Daniel Jones dropping back and running for eight yards, running for twelve yards, running for fifteen yards. That's yeah. what worried me going in this game, and he did that in the first series. But the, the, the Giants did a really good job as a unit getting off the ball and making the Dallas Cowboys have to play on their heels a little bit. But then that completely flipped. It completely flipped after that three and out. Dallas then became an aggressive team, and they were the ones winning the line of scrimmage. It's really interesting because I think everybody knows that the the big stars here coming out of this game is just the defensive line and what they were doing. Um, specifically, Micah Parsons, who when you look at his stat line and it says one sack and you know two quarterback hits or whatever, it, it seems like really that's all he did. Well, he was so much more impactful than that. I mean, even the you know the fact that I know everybody saw the clip of him eating up two blockers so Oso Digizua can just come in and finish up the sack. Um, you know, the, the talking about how he's threatening off the edge and causing false starts and then bad snaps and things like that. He's somebody who, uh, you know, makes a real difference outside of just what the box score is going to show. But, you know, we know Oso Digizua had a great game. Dorrance Armstrong had a great yeah. game. Dante Fowler, I thought, had a really good game and, and didn't get enough discussion. Demarcus Lawrence. Let's talk about outside of just what the defensive line did, though. Wanye Thomas, obviously, he was the first. Well, can domino. I circle back real quick, yeah. though, Bobby, on yeah. the on the defensive line? What happened, and this goes back to Dan Quinn, and I've said this on a few platforms, so I'll say it one more time, and then I'll try and remember that I've said it on a few platforms. Dan Quinn will make Micah Parsons to the level that Micah Parsons needs to be, and I'll tell you where Dan Quinn knows that Micah Parsons is going to get doubled and triple team. He knows that offensive lines are going to set their protection to him. 
They are going to find number 11. They're going to slide it, chip it, help. They're going to do everything to try and do that. Dan Quinn, knowing this, what does he do? Dan Quinn figures out, I can't put somebody next to Micah Parsons that can't rush the passer. I am not going to waste a Micah Parsons snap with him inside if without putting somebody to his outside that could probably rush the passer. So what does he do? He puts he moves Micah inside and he puts Osa to the outside of him. So what happens? Giants Giants sell out to block Micah. What does Osa do? Starts up and then comes behind the double team. As he sees the quarterback, as he sees Daniel Jones stepping forward in the pocket, what does Osa do? He loops around, makes the play. Dan Quinn is smart enough to know, okay, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna send multiple people after Micah. Maybe I can get somebody home, but I got to get somebody home that can rush the pass. Now, he's got a lot of options, but he put his best option, I think, right now next to, next to Micah on that play when it came to Oso Digizawa to get him home. That's, that's what Dan Quinn has to do. That's what Dan Quinn is going to have to do going forward because he knows if he could get Micah, Micah's going to command blocks, get other people home. Or Micah's going to get home, and you're going to get a sack like we saw early in that game. But it's it's right. it's really good technique. And But you mentioned focusing on the outside, the other guys like Wanye Thomas, and even throw in, uh, uh, you know, even throw in uh, our young guy there, uh, Marquise Bell. Yeah, Marquise well. Bell yeah, and Wanya yeah. Thomas both yeah. really good performances. We'll talk about them here in just a second. A good time to remind you guys that you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. <laughs> 